Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year, April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex-phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis. And we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological, planetary, and evolutionary cycles we are a part of. This is really going to be an amazing virtual festival. I do hope that you will join us. We have tickets for sale now. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. All right, let's get to our guest today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. I have a very special guest today, uh, Truth Seeker. I don't know if you know him or if you have actually listened to his podcast, but his podcast is somewhat similar to ours. So if you're looking for another great spirituality podcast, I would highly recommend that you do a search and find his. Um, we were on his uh, Promoting the Path 11 TV, so he was so gracious to have us on. We said, we need to have you on our podcast because he also wrote a book and it's called Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God. So you can check that out. Um, he's a Christian mystic, an Amazon best-selling author, visionary artist, and seer with a vision to release the spirit of awakening. He's also a songwriter. I am actually a patron on his Patreon page, and he's got a little vibe of Post Malone, so I have to talk to him about that, but um, just absolutely love his music. He's released over 200 songs, each one relating to the subject of spirituality, and his journey brought him through the research and experience with the occult, paranormal, Christianity, and the spirit realm. Now he is very much of, I would say, a different guest that we than we've ever had on the podcast. Someone who is actually going to be able to talk about both realms, maybe the darker realms of spirituality, the lighter realms, um, because he did when he was younger dabbled in some of the occult and the paranormal, and he has some firsthand experiences that he's going to share with us and talk to us about. A lot of his experiences led him into many mystical encounters with God, angel spirits and other supernatural beings. So again, he is the host of the Truth Seeker podcast. And Truth Seeker, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. So nice to have you on here. Hey, thank you guys for having me. 
Yeah, we had such a great time being on your show. You're such a great conversationalist as well. And everything just kind of flowed, felt like I knew you for years. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm really excited to have him on. So, yeah, I was hoping, you know, just like we normally do in the beginning, if you can tell our audience um, just a little bit about your background and, you know, you've, you've went through some of your own trials and tribulations. We talked a little bit on your podcast about um, mental health and some of those diagnoses and things that you were kind of dabbling in and getting to know when you were younger and w- how that led you back to God and uh, spirituality. Um, so I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Okay, great. Yeah, so again, uh, I go by Truth Seeker. I'm a spiritual hip-hop artist, spiritual, esoteric, metaphysical, put all that in my music and uh, uh, try to articulate those experiences, encounters that I've had over the years as a child and then what I'm having now. And so just articulating it in a beautiful way. Um, But where it started for me, I always trace it back to um, the earliest I can remember was having a sleep paralysis experience when I was like four years old, waking up in the middle of the night, being pinned down to my bed by these two shadow beings on each side of my shoulders, just holding me down. And I was woke up. I was too scared to to let them know that I was awake and I had to cough and I didn't want to cough mm-hmm. uh, because I thought that they would know that I was awake and I didn't want to see what they looked like or any of that stuff. So that happening at such a young age just kind of led me into, um, you know, the horror genre of uh, going to rent movies and uh, looking up horror movies and supernatural movies and stuff. And then having sleepovers and spending the night with cousins and friends. I would we tell ghost stories and I would always try to slip that experience in and ask anybody if they ever heard of that or have has it ever happened to them. And lo and behold, the more I would ask people as a teenager, other people say, yeah, my dad said he had it happen to him or my uncle said it happened to him and he said it was witches and and they're actually good. And you hear just different stories about the sleep paralysis. And so for me as a kid, it's like linked to the stuff you're seeing on TV, all of the supernatural paranormal thrillers and movies and stuff like that, like that stuff on film could be real. And I experienced it. So for me, that led me as an investigator to start looking into the occult and to witchcraft and, and things like that. And so I was always uh, enamored with those things and UFOs, all of that. So um, I got into it really deep doing seance ritual and opening my mind up to uh, any entity that, that I could contact. I ended up getting under a warlock who began to teach me a lot of this stuff who had um, crazy out of this world experiences with demons and, um, communicating with them and them showing up in his room in the middle of the night and all kind of crazy stuff. And I wanted that. Like I wanted to know how to go deeper into the occult. Um, so doing all these rituals and things, it was almost like nothing was really working. You'd see little stuff here and there, little glimpses and traces of the spirit world. But <clears throat> it wasn't until it was like they all worked at the same time. And uh, I felt like I opened up some type of portal and everything that I was trying to conjure and contact in the other realms um, opened up and they would pull me in and out of these realms at once. And I would see all kinds of spirits and hear voices and shapes and colors and ghosts. And I couldn't even make it out. I'm just trying my best. And uh, they would pull me in this realm. I would turn pale, couldn't breathe. And uh, I would just see all of this stuff and hear voices and I couldn't make out what they were saying. And then I would snap back to my body and 
it was scary. I couldn't control it. I was kind of like at their will. I felt like they were toying with me. And then after that, my health started to go downhill, I, coughing up blood every day and hearing, you know, people running through my house in the middle of the night and seeing shadows in the corner of the room watching us and the shadows would move. But then when we turn our head to see what it was, it would be gone. We'd have all of this stuff in it seemed to torment me, you know, as a teenager that opened up this this doorway to the other realms and stuff. And so all of that was mixed with um, a lifestyle of uh, someone who was, uh, you know, uh, a misguided teen. I was in a gang activity and smoking a lot of weed and drinking and stuff like that just as a as a teenager. So stealing from from people, robbing people, all of that stuff mixed with let's tap into the spirit world. And so I feel like that I got to kind of see those spirits that I were in, what I was entertaining with my lifestyle once some type of portal opened up and it really uh, scared me. And um, I had been a Christian a few years before and um, had this beautiful experience with the Holy Spirit, asking Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of all the wrong that I had ever done. I had a beautiful encounter. Um, and so I knew that that peace was still there, that that peace was available, this chaotic life and mind and schizophrenia, hearing voices and stuff uh, talking to me. Um, I knew that if I opened my heart and cried back out to God to come in and forgive me and take this from me, that he would. And that's what I did September 7th of 2000. Um, I, I repented of my sin and just asked God to forgive me and take this away from me. Uh, my girlfriend prayed with me at the time I was having an episode and woke up the next morning feeling relieved and opened up the phone book and called all the churches that I could think of in the area and just called all these churches and left uh, uh, voicemails on their answer machine telling them that I felt like I was demon possessed. I felt like I had demons and I needed prayer. So I called all these churches called like probably 17 churches, something like that. One church called me back. Uh, the pastor came out. I think it was either that day or the next day. Came over to the house and prayed with us and um, uh, started bringing us to church. And also that next morning, I threw away all the uh, paraphernalia and uh, demonic statues and, and pagan idols and all of that stuff that I had gotten into. And I was really big into a lot of dark music and stuff and gothic music and Marilyn Manson and all that. And had all those posters and clothing and all that. And I just threw everything away. My girlfriend at the time was living with me and she's freaking out because I'm throwing everything that we we own away, all of our belongings. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So I got to I got to come back to God. Like, and if you don't want to do this, then you can you know move back to Alabama. We were living in Louisiana at the time with my grandmother. And um, she said, well, I don't believe in God. I, I don't believe in God. How are you going to make me believe in something that I that I don't believe in? I said, well, if we can believe in the fairies and the moon goddess and the gods and Pan and all these entities and all this, if you could believe in all that, we can try to put our faith in Jesus. And if you can believe in Jesus for, listen, let's give it two weeks. And if our life isn't 100% better in two weeks, then I'll go back following Satan or whatever stuff that we were into. I would come back with bells and whistles. So she said, okay sold all of our belongings, everything that we could salvage to uh, get some some income. And I remember we went and bought, we sold all of our witchcraft books and bought Bibles, sold all of our satanic uh, CDs and music and went out and bought Christian uh, music and worship CDs and, and that. And so again, that was in September of 2000. And I just been on that journey ever since the Christian experience. And uh, um, 
my journey has gone a lot deeper. God has brought a lot of that stuff back into my life to see it in right perspective and kind of handle some of the stuff in the spirit realm, um, you know, with with integrity and, and with love and, and peace and grace. And so just like you mentioned at the beginning, there's these these levels that I've been at. I've been at the in, in spirituality and the occult at the lowest of lows to now the highest of highs and beautiful euphoric experiences with God, angels, Jesus, the spirit realm, and all types of entities and beings in between, which is, you know, the subject matter of my book. Yeah. So I'd like to know a little bit more about that now with being connected with, you know, with God and having maybe an understanding of the other world that you were engaged in. Um, do you still believe that that world exists, that those um, things um, exist like fairies and, you know, the the pagan rituals and things of that sort? Like, how do you see it differently with God leading you? Yeah. And so I would say, again, the, the what I call the sovereignty of God is that God exists and these realms exist. And so there are different realms or dimensions at work that have beings that operate on those realms and they have jobs and, and roles to do. And they, they carry out to, to make the universe work. So whether it's fairies or if we believe in elementals and gnomes and salamanders and sylphs, these entities that guard over the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, the air, the water, fire and things like that. And they live on in that vibrational frequency to they have jobs to do. So, um, you know, understanding that and angels and even the demons like I believe that all of these entities have jobs to do, like everything works in perfect harmony. Uh, I believe that we have jobs, a job to do. There's there's things that, that that we were put here to do and to learn and to govern the earth and and to experience life. And so for all of the created beings, they, they carry out a specific job. And so for me, now looking at the demons and things like that, like they have a specific job as well. You know, when we talk about angels, right, we kind of it's really easy to say angels and demons and they're quite different and they're just the two. Well, the word angel in the Bible only means messenger. It just means an entity or even a person that is carrying a message. So um, the demons carry messages. And it's if you give yourself over to a lifestyle of debauchery, drunkenness, lying, cheating, and stealing that you open yourself up to, receive a message from someone in their camp, in their kingdom. And so that's that's what I was doing, you know, and uh, cheating, stealing, lying, robbing, and all of that is a vibrational frequency that these entities are attracted to, and they carry a message. And so it's been said that you give legal ground for those entities to kind of be around you or attack you, as some would say. And I felt like that's what happened to me. And so now on this side, the angelic, the beautiful things, if you're helping people, doing good works and, and, you know, a life of devotion and service to other others over service to self, like you set yourself up to be in that realm with the higher frequencies that will approach you as well. Just as those demonic entities approached me and approach us that I believe that the angels that have your best intentions in mind that are sent to guard over you can approach you as well. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, one of the things early on in your book, you talk about, uh, you know, and have the statement that God creates everything good and evil, that God also creates these demons, creates yeah. these entities. Like you said, they have their jobs to do. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, I would say uh, like if we look at uh, maybe some some uh, animals or something that seem pesky, uh, we talk about insects like ants, like nobody likes ants. Right. Nobody likes vultures. Right. These nasty vultures and buzzards. But they're created with a purpose. Like when when an animal dies or something outside the road is, is dead, the ants, the worms, they come from out of the earth and they devour and they clean up the earth. So these these pesky uh, animals and insects have a purpose. The the buzzards come and, and clean up the trash of the earth. So I feel like when, again, when it comes to the, the, the demons and things like that, they have that role. They have, they're created with a job to do. They're not bad because that's their job. Just like the buzzard isn't bad because you can't kill it and eat it because it has toxins in its body that if you, you ate it, it would kill you or make you really sick. So it's the same way with, with the messengers of, you know, the lower level frequencies as the demons. Um, we would say that it was bad or they're evil because they're uncomfortable, but they're just assigned to a certain type of frequency and a certain type of work to respond just like the angels as well. So again, it's this order that is created, this hierarchy within the heavens that works in perfect unison. Um, you'll hear people say like, like God doesn't leave his throne to come down and, and visit you or visit people or, or to, to pay you back. You align with those messengers and those messengers come down to do that in the scriptures. Uh, it says that, uh, I'm the Lord, thy God, I create both good and evil. And so there's this duality in our mind that God is only good, which I believe that God is only good, but evil and demons and all of that come from the creator. Um, there was an instance in, in the old Testament as well, where, King Saul, because of the treacherous things that he was doing, God sent an evil spirit to torment him. And it literally says that. And a lot of people like to, I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance or just reading over it or whatever. They think it's just a, a demon that visited him. But it says that it was an evil spirit sent from the Lord. And this happened several times throughout the Bible where God is sending evil spirits. God is sending evil angels. And uh, but they had a, there was a reason there was a job to do. God is, is 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 sending forth all types of different spirits and entities as vibrational forces on the earth to deal with individuals, to deal with kings and rulers and people groups as well. So to think that, um, you know, the only good stuff comes from God or well, if that's the case, then he's a cruel God or evil God. But all of this stuff works in, in perfect harmony and perfect uh, unison. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for kind of going into that. And, you know, your book really is loaded with a lot of scripture. You know, you kind of bring the scripture in throughout pr pretty much every section of it and kind of give examples of that. Um, can you also talk a little bit about Satan? Um, mm -hmm. You know, the devil, Satan, and that whole thing that that is in the Bible and the way it feels like that people do kind of split things as good or evil and yeah. will bring God and the devil into the same sentence together. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about Satanism. Um, I had talked to somebody who, who did. And one of the things that I remember from that conversation is they said, well, in the Bible, it says, do unto others as you would like done unto yourself. And in Satanism, it's do unto others as others do unto you. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or correct, but yeah, I mean, I've read that that? Satanic, yeah. in the Satanic Bible for sure. Um, yeah, I, but I think that even, um, you know, a, a lot of those terms when we, we think of Satan, a lot of people would think, you know, here's three. We can we can go with four. Uh, 
terms that people use almost interchangeably within the scriptures, but they aren't, they're all different. The Satan, Lucifer, a lot of people say, well, that's the same. That's his other name. Satan and Lucifer are the same. Are they two beings? What are they? Satan, Lucifer. Then you have the devil, the adversary, the devil. And then you have another entity that's mentioned in the New Testament only one time in the Bible. And mind you, Lucifer is only mentioned one time as well. But we have all of this theology and weird belief systems of what Lucifer is. Um, uh, Beelzebub. And it actually says that Beelzebub is the the Lord or the prince of demons. So if there is, so I think that the idea of what we think a Satan is, is really this entity by the name of Beelzebub. That is like the Lord of that army of, of, of demons, if you will. Um, when it comes to Satan, the, the term Satan means adversary. It is in, in what it, what is um, an adversary of is anything that is against the greater good or your destiny. So we see a couple times in the scriptures where the Satan appears to to tempt Jesus or to say, hey, you don't need to do that. Let's go this way instead when he knows that his destiny is to, to go here. So it's anything that opposes the perfect will of God for your life. And so even Peter, Jesus is in mid-conversation saying, I must go to the cross. We have to do these things. This is my destiny. And Peter's like, no, you don't have to do that. We'll sweep you away. There's, uh, there's another way to do this. And he tells him, no, this is what we're supposed to do. And Peter's insisted, no, you don't have to go to the cross. We'll do it this way. And then he turns around and he rebukes him. He says, get behind me, Satan, for you only have in mind the things of men and not the things of God. And so was that Satan speaking through Peter? No, Peter was acting as a Satan, as an adversary to God's perfect will. And that was for Jesus. The same way with us. If we think that there there's exists polarities, we have to understand that. And the polarities aren't bad. It's again, the cause and reaction. There is uh, yin and yang. There has to be these gradients in between of what we call good and what we call evil and everything in between. And I don't think that either one is bad. It's definitely uh, harder. It's definitely uncomfortable at times and stuff, but everything happens for that reason. And so for us to be able to step back and see what that reason is in our lives, I'm super thankful for um, what I went through as a teenager. I wouldn't be doing this work that I'm doing today, which I, I love with all my heart. I have a I have a natural compassion and empathy uh, in my life for people who are uh, going through similar situations. That's where the podcast, that's where the music and everything even what I'm doing right now comes from. So I'm thankful. When, so there was a time when I would beg to be relieved from these demons, from this situation. God, heal me, take me out of this, whatever you got to do. But now, you know, there's gratitude. I'm thankful that I went went through it. But I'm even more thankful that I made it out. So all of these entities and beings exist and uh, and they have a role. If we talk about Lucifer, you know, I go into that in the scriptures. Uh, Lucifer is mentioned one time in the Bible. And again, we have all of these different theologies. We kind of cram him and Satan and the devil together. Um, Lucifer is not an it's, it's not an entity. It's not a devil. It's not a Satan. Lucifer is used as a title. We understand what what the Luciferians are. We've heard that term. And these are an order of people who kind of, you know, the Illuminati, they, they govern the earth and things like that. But they try to keep order. The reason they use that word, because that word is the wisdom keepers. It comes from the light bringers or light bearers. It's exactly what the word means. Lu in cipher, Lu in or Lux in the, the Latin means light, illumination. 
uh, cipher means bringer. So it's the bringers of light. And when it comes down to it, those who are bringing truth, honor, knowledge, wisdom, compassion, those are the true, true light bringers, the true definition of a Lucifer or a light bringer. So when it was used in Isaiah 14 in the Bible, it was used as an analogy. Um, and then the analogy draws from the planet Venus when it says that it calls it the morning star, Lucifer, son of the morning, how thou has been cast out of heaven. So there's this idea that Lucifer, a being was in heaven that was cast out, but it was an analogy. The entire Bible is full of astrology and astro theology and symbolism. And so if you look up in, in the Webster's Dictionary, you can look vice versa. You can look up the word Venus or you can look up Lucifer and it will tell you that it is a title for Venus. Venus being the bright and morning star. I'm a stargazer. I love studying the stars and going out in the early morning. But the brightest star or planet that you'll see is Venus. It's very bright. It'll grab your attention until the rising of the sun. When the sun rises in the morning in all of its glory, Lucifer or Venus is cast out of the heavens and the sun takes its rightful place in the sky. So that was an analogy just as Venus uh, is cast out of heaven. So you and it was talking about the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, who had the children of Israel in bondage. They had them as slaves. They said, if you don't let God's people go, you're going to be cast from your throne. You're going to be knocked off your throne. Just like every morning Venus is cast out, you'll be cast out. And that's exactly what happened. And so it was an it was an analogy. It's not a being. It's not an entity by the name of Lucifer. It's a it's a role. It's a title, a light bringer or a light bearer. Okay, interesting. Now, um, I have two other questions maybe on this topic and then kind of want to move to a couple of other things too. Um, When you were into more of the occult, did you actually worship Satan? Um, I guess as a teenager, maybe I thought I did. I I tried to pray to Satan and pray to demons and stuff like that. Um, For what I did, it was a a mixture of a lot of stuff. So I didn't stay on a lot of it long. Like I, I stayed in, uh, long enough to see if it was real. And then I moved on to the next. So we like mm-hmm. crammed a lot of stuff together. So um, in seance and in, re- in, in but you know, with, with Satanism and, and stuff like that, obviously it's a play off of Christianity. Like it is a, a response to the satanic church, the church of Satan. Where does the church come? Christianity that, you know, what is the opposite of love and light or this creator uh, that governs the universe is God. Well, its adversary is Satan. So it's just like kind of like a spinoff of Christianity. So uh, a lot of those terms and a lot of the, the rituals in the church and all that kind of stuff is just like a response to Christianity in and of itself. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure you kind of, you know, touched upon it in a couple of examples, but I want, I was wondering like if there was worshiping of Satan or of all of these other things that you tried out and then compare it now to, um, you know, following God and worshiping God. Yeah, there was definitely veneration for sure. But um, but I don't know if how real it was versus just an idea. You know, mm-hmm. obviously it became real to me at, at one point, but um, where things started to happen in my reality. But uh, the rest, most of it is just like an idea. And I, I think that most Satanists would even tell you that we don't worship Satan, but it's just an idea of free will of we get to you know, make our own choices and think we're not governed by the God of Christianity and all of that kind of stuff. So it's this response from that. So, 
Um, most of the world, even though they do ritual and stuff like that, they they would most would tell you that they don't worship Satan. So gotcha. Okay. Like but but the idea of a Satan, of an adversary, of the underdog, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's what definitely more of what it's dealing with. Yeah, I'm not sure if you um, have ever interviewed or spoke to Phil Borges. Um, he created a documentary called Crazy Wise. He might be a great guest for your show. We sure. just had him on recently. But he um, talks about kind of mental health, schizophrenia, the diagnoses of that, and looks at how that is actually embraced in indigenous cultures and that the people who are hearing the voices and seeing the demons or the entities or this or that tend to be the seers yeah. of the tribes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he made a documentary taking a look at people in the West and who had that diagnosis or were going through maybe some spiritual awakening, but placed on a ton of medications and, you know, trying to be given therapy to remove these things and basically calling them psychotic. Yeah. But then in indigenous cultures, uh, you know, it's supported by by the tribe. They will support the person if they are kind of going through, um, say, like a treacherous vision or whatever, but then they end up becoming the shamans that's what happened to me <laughs> yeah i know it's your story <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Sure. yeah i mean my, my heart is definitely with that i mean it's i was hearing voices i was seeing things that that wasn't there and um i thought about going to the doctor but i knew what would happen it put me in a room put me on medication and maybe a straight jacket so uh, it was something that i had to deal with myself and uh and and, and went to god and now i'm able to cope you know it was very hard coming out of that stuff literally um, how to function, how to think, how to use my mind. It was, it was insane to, uh, it would be, you know, I try my best to articulate it and explain what it was like, but it, it was very strange, um, getting adjusted to, uh, you know, some, uh, normalcy and being around other people and, and stuff like that. So it was very hard. And I know there's a lot of people there now and, and they may not be as deep as I was. Maybe it's something slight. Um, I deal with a lot of people who are, are there and, um, it's a lot of confusion, you know, but I just want to let people know that they're not alone and that there is hope. You know, I found hope in, in Christ and, uh, and, and made a way for me when I felt like there wasn't any way. And, and that's, that's my message, you know, that there is a hope, uh, and all of that. And there's a reason for it. And we obviously know that the pharmaceutical industry and all of that stuff, they are drugging our prophets. They are drugging our shamans to shut those voices up. Maybe there's a reason that you're hearing those voices. When we look back in the scriptures, even we look at the prophet Samuel, when he was called, he was laying in his his bed and he kept hearing a voice call his name in the middle of the night. Nobody was there. He thought it was his um, mentor, Eli. He kept having this voice call his name. He's waking up. He's going in the other room. Hey, why are you calling me? It's so early. He's like, I'm not calling you. And he did it two times. And then third time he said, hey, listen, the next time you hear that voice, just say, yes, Lord, your servant hears you. You know what? what you know what I'm saying? What would you say? And uh, and that's how he was called into his ministry to be one of the greatest prophets and seers of, 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 of his time. He created a school of the prophets. They literally had a school where they would train people. And again, the shamans and and prophets, they would train them in, in, in how to articulate and how to how to work through it and how to pay attention to those voices. And so um, I've had similar experiences. I interview people who hear people or things calling their name at three o'clock in the morning and they wake up and nobody's there. You know, it's like, it's for that person to inquire. Listen, I get a ton of emails about that same scenario or a, a, a being was there. 
I seen something in my room and they're like, what was it? Like, I don't know. It is up for the individual to inquire. And if you don't, you could just pass it off and it's just another experience. But it, for, for those who are called, they will look into it and say, you know, they'll be like Samuel. OK, so who is this? Who's calling my name? You know, and then to be able to move further into that 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 situation. But I get those messages every day. And um, there, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that really rings true to me uh, in the New Testament where it says it just simply says that the spirit of the prophets are subject unto the prophets. And what that means is you have to have somebody who you can talk to who's gone through similar stuff like even like in, in the church realm, a lot of people will bring those scenarios I did to my pastor when I was in church. I brought these scenarios to my pastor and I would have prophetic dreams about the future, dreams about the church and all kinds of stuff that were so surreal. And um, I'd bring bring it to them and they didn't understand it. They didn't know how to interpret the dreams. They didn't know what it meant. They prayed against it and said it was demonic just because it was negative again. But it wasn't until I found a company of prophets who studied dream symbolism, dream interpretation, who was able to help me interpret my dream and find out what it really meant. And then even taught me how to move forward and honing in on interpreting my own dreams, hearing the voice of the spirit, discerning different spirits and entities that were on other people and to activate that and move deeper into it. So again, in the old Testament, there was a school of the prophets where they trained this up. You have to have somebody who has been through it, who can at least have a, a grid or a frame of reference for it. And so that's what my podcast is. That's what my work is. That's people would read my material and read my book and, and feel less marginalized, feel like they're not alone. We have a community online with people all over the world who feel this way and who have had these experiences and really just need somebody to talk to. Most of them just want to know that they're, that they're not crazy. And then the, re- and the other uh, half of the people want to go deeper into it. How do I get better? How do I hone in on this? And so we have courses and materials and meditations and things like that to help people develop their own psychic and intuitive gifts. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I know that, you know, with your your fan base, people who follow you, that I'm sure you get a lot of emails um, and people contacting you that maybe want to jump on over to the side of, of light, I guess you could say, or find God, or that maybe they are exactly where you were. You know, maybe they are involved in gang activity or drugs or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you tend to be probably that inspiration for them to show them a different way and, yeah. and helping them and assisting them. Yeah. You do a lot of great stuff. A lot. There's Thank a you. lot there. Um, I'd really highly suggest that people take a look not only at his website, but it's really fun to be a patron of your Patreon as well. Um, yeah. So a couple of other things too, I was just wondering what your thoughts are now, because I know that you, it seems like you're just so well studied in so many different areas um, of metaphysical stuff and the dream paralysis or the paralysis that you had when you were younger and the shadow beings came. Um, a couple of out-of-body experts that I've talked to would say that the sleep paralysis is really a part of the astral projection and the out-of-body experience. And sometimes when people come across these scary figures or these shadow beings or um, it could be something that feels very scary, that that is kind of a test of the consciousness system testing you to see where your fear is and that not everyone will kind of be allowed to journey throughout 
the universe without um, having some sort of basis of understanding of the way that things work. So I was just wondering what your thoughts are about that. Like if people are experiencing that paralysis, or maybe they're actually having an out-of-body experience, but maybe those shadow beings wasn't, they weren't something to be afraid of, but maybe it was testing at a very young age at four, knowing what maybe your abilities were going to be, the work that you were going to do in the world. Could you handle that? So what what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely b- believe the majority of that for sure. Um, the only thing is, it's like, you know, for us to say like a blanket statement, it's kind of hard. Sure. Just because there's all types of entities and, and things that happen that go bump in the night while you're sleeping. Um, so but but I definitely, um, you know, agree with that sentiment the most as far as from my research, from my own experience, my own life and seeing what has happened and then talking to other people who have given their life to study this as well, sleep paralysis and, and th- those things. And w- we've come to a, a very similar conclusion is that there are these entities that kind of guard the spirit realm. And uh, and it is scary, but you have to be the one that says yes, and that you are going to go through that initiation, if you will, that you want to go deeper into it and that you're not scared and that you're not governed by fear, that you you put the fear to death. And there's things that happen in the middle of the night. Um so that, that's very interesting to look at because most of the people who you talk to who are into this stuff and they've had those experiences, they have been someone to go on to do great exploits for spirituality, for the light, for the healing of the planet even. But there's this rite of passage. And so I, um, I know um, Greg Braden talks about that everyone is a part of this universal mystery school and we're all being trained by the higher power and those spirits and those entities that govern govern us and, and give us tests and things like that. And you have to pass the test. And that's a simple test that many children, many people take. And it's for those who pass it, for those who, you know, keep going, or do you get scared and not touch spirituality again, because you know that demons are there and they're waiting for you. There's those people as well. I know my, uh, my sister was dating this guy several years ago and, um, they had this late night conversation talking about God and aliens, you know, one of those conversations. And uh, she said, she told him my story, told him, you know, my brother woke up in the middle of the night and had this, these entities pinning him down to the bed. And when she told him that he just started weeping, this was a grown man in his thirties. He just started crying. She's like, what's wrong? He said, I had the same thing happen to me too. Uh, When I was a kid, he said, I didn't, I didn't, I never told anybody because I didn't want people to think that I was crazy. So this is a guy in his 30s who's held it in his whole life until it came out in that conversation. And so that's the that's the thing. Some people, again, in his 30s, me, I'm like, hey, what was it? I'm going to sleepovers. Hey, what was that? Y'all ever seen this? Like, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Other people are like, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I don't I don't want nothing to do with that. You know, and they're scared and they stay away from it. My sister even had this weird belief that she didn't want to like uh like pray and do stuff because she didn't want to be a target for the devil <laughs> to have those experiences. She didn't want demons to show up in her room in the middle of the night. So in her mind, if she prayed or read her Bible, then like the demons would come to like, you know, to uh, stop her from getting yeah, close. Doing it. So she just stayed away from all of it because <laughs> of that. Again, it's like your belief systems. And, and if you're going to say yes, myself, and I'm not alone, many people dive headfirst into this. And I totally did it as a, as a child and got into this and, you know, I've had these experiences and not only that, you know, there's many that I've had, but it's just, I've been open and said yes and started seeking them out, you know? 
Right. Now, I know that you have a ton of UFO stories, too. Um, And, uh, you know, you touch upon that as well in the book. But the other thing that's really interesting, we had a guest on our podcast, too. Um, I'll have to send you his name. Maybe you've interviewed him before. But he did something a little bit similar that you did in your book that really referenced and showed a lot of the similarities of what's written in the Bible could also be interpreted as aliens, UFOs, motherships, and things of that sort. So just wanted to get your opinion opinion on what you think uh, with your experiences of having UFO sightings. And like you said, you're a stargazer, you're very kind of like connected to that realm. What are your thoughts about life on other planets, the galaxies, uh, aliens and UFOs? Yeah, I believe that there's uh, a universe beaming with life. Um, there's different realms and portals. And and uh, every, I think that everything that you see in Star Wars is true. <laughs> and if they visited us, we would call them angels. If they came here with advanced technology or advanced ships, we would we would call them angels. And uh, but I believe in all of that. Um, and I've had those experiences. And, and what what I believe it is is uh, is is the angelic. Uh, these entities or beings that that live in other other realms. And I believe that there's a a realm above, uh, past the uh, the what we call outer space, which is the dwelling place of of God or this this place we call heaven, if you will. And you know, the Bible talks about these angels that travel back and forth from heaven to earth, carrying messages, relaying messages from God. And so um, it talks about the fiery serpents of the seraphim, these type of angels that are made out of fire. Uh, Enoch talks about those beings as well, that they they travel the heavens and they're as a flame of fire. That's how they're able to travel by the speed of light. Um, but as they wish, they can take on, upon other other shapes and other appearances. And when they come to earth, they can look like men and we entertain angels unaware. And so in the Bible, they would show up on earth and they would look like people and, and things like that. And and they would carry a message. Some of them, some of them, when we go back to the, the elemental stuff, this is really interesting. Some of those angels would go inside the fire and use the fire as some type of portal. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Manoah who was at a fire and an angel came out of the fire gave them a message and goes back in the fire and goes to heaven. So when we talk about, you know, the elements and, and, you know, uh, Moses in the burning bush, the bush was on fire and the fire's communicating with them and fire was very sacred to our ancestors. So right. uh, the, the connection there is, is huge. And so for me, my experiences was just seeing videos and reading stuff in the Bible and finding other people who, uh, really before ancient aliens and stuff, uh, finding a website called BibleUFO.com um, by the work of Patrick Cook, who had like thousands and thousands of web pages where he just took the Bible apart and gave you these scriptures that sounded like a UFO or God could travel in a UFO or at least the angels and and then paranormal stuff in the Bible and all of that. And he just a website devoted to that. It was amazing because I'm, I'm a student of the, the scriptures and I tear it apart. So here's this other understanding, this other stuff you've been reading over that you didn't know what it was until now you have a frame of reference. And so seeing that and some videos and stuff, I just begin to go out and kind of do my own stargazing and, and ask for a sighting. You know, if all these other people are having sightings and if this is real, if they are the angels of the Bible and uh, let me go out and see if I can see one. Let me see if I can contact them. And I kind of went out and and uh, and asked for a sighting and really asked God to to set it up. If it's if they're traveling back and forth, let me see one. And uh, in, in doing that, seeing things that uh, 
you know, many people wouldn't believe me if I told you, you know, <laughs> lights traveling across the sky and stopping on a dime, tagging the lights flying, touching a star or something, posing as a star. And they trade places and one goes the other way. Fleets of a fleet of UFOs during the day, in the middle of the day, these ships just appear. And I feel like they showed themselves to me and went away. And a lot of it is dealing with telepathic communication that when you see it again, if there's some, if they're messengers, they bring a message. And I think that that, that message is, is translated in our spirit or our heart of hearts or in our mind's eye that we, we get an impression when we see it. And uh, I've had a couple experience where you're, you're receiving these messages. And I feel like you can go deeper into that through meditation that you don't have to like physically see something. They're all out there right now, cloak ships watching over humanity. They were here when we were primitive. They've been here since the beginning. Uh, a lot of people say that they could be our creators and the, the Elohim or the Anunnaki type uh, scenarios. Uh, I believe something along those lines, but I know that I've, I've asked for those experiences and, and I've, I've had them. And so um, that can conducive to my relationship with the creator who created those entities and, uh, and and they have a job and things to do as well. So um, most of it was just me wanting to know for myself, you know, just like doing the seances as a teenager with the demons. It was really to see if they were real. I wanted them to say hello, but it was with the negative entities. And so um, I've definitely um, got what I was looking for, you know, and, and, and now what, now that they're real, now what, now what do you do? You know, they have their, their, their roles and, 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 and what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, I don't think that they really interfere too much with the, with, uh, with us here on, on earth. They're definitely watching over us. And there are some beautiful clips of, um, uh, asteroids and things headed towards the earth and meteor, huge meteors that would do a lot of damage. And there's like, um, UFOs that, go through them and they split it up to where right before it hits, it just turns into just like dust. Almost there's a, there was a Russia UFO sighting. There's also, um, uh, um, uh, testimonies of them, uh, shutting down missile silos and all kinds of stuff. So I do believe that they're here to just to watch over us. I don't think that they really interfere as saviors or whatever. They're here to kind of watch over us in this own, our own evolution to take our place amongst the stars is what I believe. Yeah, very interesting. I think what I love about you too is that um, you set out to experience rather than just believe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're investigative, you go, you want to know, you want to be shown, mm -hmm. you want to try it out. And then that then forms probably your belief system. For but sure. um, before I know we're kind of running short on time, I always feel like I could talk to you for hours and your podcast is a little bit longer than ours. But um, let's talk about your music because I really love it. Um, I love musicians. I just love music. Music has saved my life, as I always say on so many accounts. Mm -hmm. And I hope it's okay if I compared you a little bit to Post Malone, because I love him and I love his music and I got a little bit of that vibe. So I was just curious to know, like, who's your inspiration? Do you like him? Do you take anything from him? And, um, you know, what is your goal and your hope for the music that you create? What I get from Post Malone a lot is the look. I don't know why people say I look like Post Malone. I don't I don't see it. Maybe it's a scruffy beard. I don't know. But a lot of the younger kids are like they call me Post Malone. They say I look like Post Malone. <laughs> uh, as far as musically, what I I guess what I would uh, take away, I wouldn't say he's an influence. I I do like. Well, I would. He's not influenced per se, but I, I really do like the uh, melodic stuff. I'm mm -hmm. not the greatest singer. 
Um, but I do feel like when I use auto tune, if I can find that that key, it just fits right. And there's a key that I hear in the beat and it just blends in with the beat. I do think that he does that. So with my singing and some of the newer stuff anyway, um, there's definitely that. But uh, so there's that, I guess that similarity. But, um, you know, m- most of the stuff, I don't think that Post Malone's a rapper or really into the hip hop. So the hip hop verses or the hip hop courses are definitely its own thing. Um, the real ambient stuff, I guess he's doing a little bit of that, but my influences, um, are, are a lot like, um, I honestly, you know, take a lot of my, my influences from, uh, metal and, uh, alternative rock and stuff like that from the nineties. So there's things that I pull through, um, those bands, uh, whether it's Corn or Cold Chamber or Marilyn Manson and stuff like that, like they would do different whispering effects and, there would be a real loud, aggressive vocal and then a whisper vocal behind it. And so I've kind of incorporated all of that stuff in hip hop. So my stuff is a lot different. It's laid back. It's ambient. It's meditation hip hop, if you will, to take you on a journey and an experience. And uh, so um, as far as a big influence comes from that, um, but I'm, I, I like a lot of different types of music. I listen to everything. I, I really love music and especially nostalgic music at this point, anything from the 90s. Even yeah. if I didn't listen to it in the 90s, I listen to it now. It just brings me back. And music is like a uh, uh, you know teleportation device, a time traveling device where I can listen to a song and I'm real, I'm translated back in the backseat of a car at you know seven years old, going to the creek with my mom, her blazing like um, um, uh, um, blaring a bad company and stuff like that. Like I love... <laughs> all of that stuff. And music reminds me of stuff and sets the mood. And uh, it's really beautiful to uh, be able to facilitate encounters for people for spiritual awakening with the music, mm-hmm. knowing how powerful music is. Um, for me, there's a lot of people that when I got into spirituality and started going deeper and deeper, I found artists and hip hop artists and rappers and um, bands that talked about this stuff, talked about, there's a song from the Carpenters from the, I think it's eighties or seventies where they're talking about contacting UFOs. They're talking about signaling UFOs and asking them to come make contact. I just found this song, but I listen to it. We have retreats and we go out and do CE fives and stuff. And I play that song. It's something about music that can even inspire spiritual awakening. So there's a bunch of artists who have done that for me that inspire me and hidden gems within their music and stuff. And so it's just amazing that I'm able to kind of pay that forward and do that for other people now. Now there's other people who listen to my music and they're just researching some of these weird words they've never heard and phrases or light body stuff, like all of that. They start looking into it and it facilitates a spiritual awakening. So music is so powerful and so near and dear to my heart. Um, been having a harder time working on music lately. Um, just because I've kind of, I feel like I've exhausted myself with my vocabulary <laughs> and now I'm finding myself saying the same stuff over and over and that I don't want to do that. And so, um, you know, it's a lot harder to, where, where, where writing songs was fun. I just write whatever came out. Now I find myself saying those same words and, and same exact rhyming schemes and phrases from other songs. And I, I cut myself all of up. Can't, I'm not doing that. So it's a lot harder to write music now. So I'm working on some cover songs and stuff too. So nice. I work on some different stuff and maybe even the, the Post Malone stuff that you heard recently, uh, there's like uh, 
what they call like emo hip hop and stuff like that. It's a lot, lot, there's two songs I put out. It's pretty much singing through the whole thing. And it's definitely that auto tune and really uh, it's got a lot of reverb and stuff on it. So uh, just doing something for fun, you know, and it's not so deep. It's not so esoteric, but it's fun and get to create some stuff. So that's some of the newer stuff that I've put out on, on the Patreon. So. Yeah. And that's um, what I listened to. I didn't, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to all oh, 200 songs or some of your older well, you, stuff. You definitely got to go back. So I'm going to go back. Not even really spiritual. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, that's just like emotional stuff for sure. But yeah. definitely get into the spiritual stuff for sure. Oh yeah. I will. I will. Well, it's been such a, pre- a pleasure. Um, again, guys, truthseeka.com. Uh, would you like to let them know how they can find you on Patreon, all the uh, other, other avenues where they can get in touch with you? Yes, uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, just type in Truth Seeker, Truth S E E K A H, and I'm on there. If you're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, wherever it is, YouTube's my big thing. Like everything, I put everything on YouTube. So whether it's the podcast, the live streams, and the music, and all that, you'll be able to get it there. Spotify, all that cool stuff. So uh, with the music, there's definitely uh, a visual aspect too with my music videos that I've, I've did early on. So You can listen to it. It'll take you on a journey, but the visuals even bring out other stuff and kind of help tell that story. So definitely uh, check out the music videos on, on YouTube. Awesome. And, you know, become a patron, you know, that's what, same thing with path 11, you know, we actually don't even have any sponsors. We don't have any commercials. We have a Patreon account too. It's what helps people like us uh, continue to do the work that we do and and support us a little bit financially here. So, um, so I hope they head on over there and uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you again and I love the, yeah, I love the work that you're doing. So keep it up and um, maybe our paths will cross again soon. For sure. Okay. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this talk and uh, head on over to his pages, download his music, um, follow his YouTube, and, uh, and I hope you guys were very inspired by this talk today. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you, head on over to the sacredsexualmusicfestival.com website to purchase your tickets for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival, or you can visit path11productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, This code is actually going to be for Path 11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on Path 11 TV, and you can start a seven-day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code PODCAST30. PODCAST is all in caps, and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over 100 hours of video, and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care.